This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Sayulita.com. Planning your vacation excursion for 2013? Well, discover Sayulita, Mexico. Sayulita, Mexico is the closest thing to Planet Risa. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 111 of Priority One Podcast, recorded on Thursday, January 17th, 2013, via trekradio.net, and published the following Monday morning for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Adrian. And I'm Tony. Hey, Tony. Thank you for filling in for James this week. For those of you that don't know, Tony, uh, a.k.a. Kinetic Impulsor, is our video director here for the Priority One Network. It's a pleasure having you this week. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, we all look forward to having James back, of course. I'll try to fill his shoes. Well, all you have to do is say Vesta. Just say Vesta all the time. Okay, let's see if the microphone is sensitive enough. Vesta. Yeah. Was that wow, that, actually, <laughs> that was actually pretty, that was spot on. That was spot on. It sounded just like him. <laughs> well, Vesta. it's like we have James. <laughs> I know. It's like we have James right here. Oh, my goodness. All right, so what do we have this week, Adrienne? Well, in this episode's Trek It Out, we prepare for the Grand Slam convention. In Stone News, we'll review January's Ask Cryptic, an interesting Friday screenshot post from Brand Flakes, and this week's holodeck release notes, and also much more. We've got a special Fleet Admiral interview with Farzek of the Trust Fleet, and towards the end of the show, we open up hailing frequencies and review your incoming messages. Whee! Captains, you can always participate with us during our live recording on trekradio.net every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Feel free to interact with us using Trek Radio's built-in IRC chat client. Just visit trekradio.net and look under their community section. We have a great time with you guys, so please, by all means, join us every Thursday night. We interact with you, so be sure to join us. Well, do you like to write? Is there a topic you'd like to explore with an active audience? Well, we're always looking for blog submissions from gaming and sci-fi aficionados. If you have an idea for an article and want your voice heard, then send your submission to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. All the submissions we receive for our show will be entered into this month's random drawing for 1000 Zen. This includes comments on our website and emailed segment topics. So any way that you want to get involved and interact with us, not only is it awesome and fun and we love hearing from you, but also we will consider you for the random drawing. So do it. Do it. We love it. (laughs) So speaking of winning, congrats to Tawani for winning December's 1000 Zen giveaway. So thank you, Tawani, for sending us in a submission. And yeah, big congratulations. Congrats, Tawani. Woo! And Abneza sends his congrats as well. <laughs> you can save it. You, and if you win four more times, you can buy your own Vesta. <laughs> well played, well played. I just don't want anybody to miss James. That's all. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So we've renamed the segment Blank of the Week to Trek It Out. We thought that it made sense to incorporate a bite-sized version of our longer spinoff show during our weekly Priority One podcast. The content, however, will remain the same. Anything we believe would be of interest to you, our Stowe Priority One listeners. From the latest scientific discoveries to news in the science fiction realm, including, of course, our beloved Star Trek. But before we move on with the show, let's recap what's been going on at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We've got four amazing articles for you to read, including the latest addition to the Priority One Literary Department, Astrometrics Report by Dr. Robert Hurt. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a genuine scientist. With access to some of the most advanced telescopes today, Dr. Hurt will be posting updates on some of the coolest science results and images, along with the occasional Star Trek science tidbit. Dr. Robert Hurt, you can find him in-game at, at handle AstroRobLA, is the visualization scientist for NASA's Spitzer Space Telescope Project at the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena, California. 
He oversees data visualizations and illustrations for public communications for that and other missions, including Kepler, WISE, Galax, and New Star. He also produces the Hidden Universe podcast series. And also, be sure to check out two new Spirit of Trek articles from Ceridium and the latest Trekking in Style by Will V. We've always got a lot going on at PriorityOnePodcast.com, guys. A lot of good content for you to read. Dr. Hurt, we actually interviewed him a few episodes ago on Trek It Out, his project over at NASA and the Spitzer Space Telescope. He's a talented guy. He knows his stuff, and he's an avid Star Trek fan. It's great to have him on board, and I'm sure you'll enjoy his article, so be sure to check it out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, why don't we go ahead and set course for this episode's Trek It Out. Jump what places? I don't know. Let's trek it out. All right, on our trek it out this episode, we have a bit of news coming to you about an upcoming convention. It's coming up pretty soon, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I haven't been to any other Star Trek sci-fi convention other than, you know, Comic-Con on the sci-fi kind of side of things, even though it's... Well, it used to be about comics. <laughs> and, you know, of course, the big Vegas Star Trek convention, which this year will be my third year on that. And it's amazing. But yes, aside from those, I really hadn't done any other big sci-fi Star Trek things. So this is one I'm hitting up. And I wanted to talk about it. Let you guys know if you didn't know it was coming up, maybe you can make it. Maybe you just want to know about it. So here you go. One of the genre's great traditions continues as creation entertainment. These are the people that also do the Vegas one proudly returns the Grand Slam show, the Star Trek and Sci-Fi Summit, or known as the Grand Slam Convention, back to its roster. So I guess this was on a, a hiatus for a little while, and it's, it's back again. And for close to two decades, Grand Slam was the convention of the year for fans of Star Trek and all new and vintage sci-fi and genre TV and films. So they've got everything there. And now in a time when our field is huge, they decided to come back and thank everybody by putting on this big event here. So it's happening at the Burbank Airport Marriott Hotel in Burbank, Los Angeles, California. And it's a Friday through Sunday, February 15th through 17th. If you remember when Patrick Stewart decided to back out of the Vegas Con last year because of the Olympics, well, he's back. So if you didn't get a chance to catch him, you can catch him here. And I'm assuming that he'll probably also be at the Vegas one this year since there's no Olympics to distract him. <laughs> but, you know, it's great to have him back. And he'll be there with all the greats. Brent Spiner and Marina Service and Armin Shimmerman. And and then there's people from other shows as well that'll be there. Like, uh, I think Vampire Diaries and some other sci-fi shows. I forgot. But, just l- yeah. We can just lump them together with the other. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there's a Star Trek and then there's other. Yes, yes. And then there's other. But it's a good group of people. And I don't think it'll be as big as the Vegas one, but it should be pretty big. And I just love the energy of conventions, especially when sci-fi fans and animation fans and all of that when it's combined. It's just great fun. So I plan on being there. And if all goes well, I will be unveiling my Darsluga Ferengi costume, which I've been working on for so long, you guys know. And I'll be walking around in character. So you can look for me in various forms, in and out of costume. If you plan on being there, say hi. Maybe we can hang out. Oh, you know what's interesting also is on the same weekend as this convention is one of the longest-running Doctor Who conventions. So if you guys are more on the Doctor Who side of things or want to convention hop because you're awesome like that, kind of down the road, maybe about 35, 40 minutes down the road towards the LA airport, that Doctor Who convention is happening. So you can check that out as well. But one or the other, you'll have a blast if you're in LA and find me. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see you guys. Well, I'm definitely envious of you. Whenever there's a convention I try to get to, I love going to them, especially the Star Trek conventions. Whenever they're near, I do my best to get to them. And it's a lot of fun, and I know you're going to have a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to those coming up this year. My plan is to go to Cherry Hill, the Philadelphia Comic-Con, and Vegas. So hopefully this will be a busy year of cons, and I hope to report on all of them. All right, well, have fun at Burbank, and uh, I'm envious, and I want to go too, but uh, we'll be sending you a lot of flyers and stuff so that you can hand out awesome Priority One stuff if you can. Yeah. Uh, And we want pictures. We want pictures of you in costume. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm going to tweet. I'm going to pick and tweet. All right, Captains, keep your eyes on PriorityOnePodcast.com. We've got a number of phenomenal guests on our independent Trek It Out broadcast for your listening enjoyment. In our lineup, we've actually got Jason 
David Frank, the original Green Ranger from the Power Ranger series. We've also got Richard Hatch of Battlestar Galactica, both the original Battlestar Galactica and the remake. I mean, it's really exciting times for Trek It Out. I'm really looking forward to this year. On Wednesday, January 16th, our latest episode of Trek It Out was released, and in it we interviewed George Comets, executive director and owner of the Houston, Texas Space City Con. Find out what it takes to put together the type of convention that we all know and love to attend. And don't forget to listen to our amazing interview with Tim Russ, a.k.a. Tuvok from Voyager, on our last Priority One episode, episode 110. We'll also have it as a standalone and check it out section on our website for you to listen to independently. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled on PriorityOnePodcast.com and our Trek It Out podcast. Discovered something in subspace chatter you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Maybe there's some new amazing tech that's been created straight from the pages of Gene Roddenberry's notepad. A new discovery in space? Well, send them all over to us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com and you'll be entered into our random drawing for 1,000 Zen and you can hold on to that and save up for your odyssey. Yes. I'm tired of saying Vesta. It's just not me. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Let's check out what's happened in STO News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. All right. To start off this week in Star Trek Online News, we've got uh, January's Ask Cryptic, which was published on Friday, January 11th. Brand Flakes posted Destal's replies, and as always, there's a ton of questions for you to read, but here are some of the points that piqued our interest the most. So when dealing with content, Destal confirms that the time frame for the new featured episode is due to release at the end of January, so that's good to know. We're looking at just a week or so away. This will usher in the celebration of STO's third year anniversary, and according to Dan Stahl, the bulk of the new episodes will come with Season 8 and beyond. The next content-related discussion was regarding social zones, and with the success of New Romulus, it seems that they're planning on revisiting other zones for unique events. According to D. Stahl, one of the zones being thrown about for a possible springtime or summer event is to have it take place on Risa, yeah! the pleasure planet, Woohoo! or somewhere similar where all factions could enjoy some fun in the sun. So that's awesome. That's some good content-related stuff that was answered this month in Ask Cryptic. What else was spoken about? You know, when I think of, like, summertime on Risa, I think of... What's that one video game? Is it, um, uh, not Left for Dead? Dang it. It's the one with the girls that they did a parody on. With the girls in the bikinis on the beach. Oh, the volleyball the, uh, game. Yes, Dead or Alive. Thank you, Blue. Yes. The chat it. room comes through again. That's just I great. know. It's amazing. So, yeah. It was such a cute game, though. I loved it. And I, all I can think of is, oh, it would be great if they do some kind of little mini game on Risa. That'd be fun. Just saying. There's so many I things always, you could do on the I, Every so often, I remember that video that was made that was Baywatch on Risa. Yeah. Um, and so they played themes and somebody had recorded, like, demo record of girls <laughs> running on the beach and Risa. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> so what else was in that Ask Cryptic there, Tony? Well, uh, discussing ships, the Vesta is on their radar for a possible fleet version. No confirmations just yet. Mr. Stahl goes on to say that one of their goals is to, quote, allow fleets the ability to customize and or create their own ships. But we want to make more customization parts for existing ships before we implement that. And I'm personally excited about that. There's only a few variants of a lot of ships. Some, like the Odyssey, don't have any variants. It'd be nice to see them go through the ship registry there and give us some more parts to swap out. I think that'd be fun. That's really exciting. I would love to see some more kit bashing in terms of some of the options you have for your ships, and especially yeah. fleet ships. If you're going to be able to create some. Make them stand out, yeah. yeah. Make them completely stand out. Give the player some autonomy. Autonomy, yeah. is that the word I want to use? Or I uniqueness? Go ahead. You use it, and we'll follow you. <laughs> <laughs> we are behind um, you 100%. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's a really nice improvement. However, with the way that the fleet star bases are going, for now, I think it's asking a bit much. I, I'm sure there's separate engines, separate departments, but we'll talk about that in a, in a second. Sure, sure. When discussing Endgame, there is some pretty cool stuff. So someone asked about ultra-rare drops, to which... Dan Stahl replied, they plan to release additional reputation systems and a new tier of gear when the level cap increase occurs. 
That's cool. However, he suggests that the team won't lose sight of players' desire to obtain chance loot that is uber elite. So that's good. Why do a level cap right now at this stage of the game? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. okay, so if we do a new level cap, is there going to be a new zone? Mm-hmm. I mean, he talks about new gear, but without a mission or content right. for it, why raise the level? Why go from 50 to 60? You know, generally for that, there's a huge expansion, like huge expansion, massive expansion when an MMO typically raised a level cap. And the last time that a level cap was raised, it kind of messed things up a little bit for people. So why do the level cap right now? Tony, can you comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I think think they're going to wait till they get the Season 8 stuff out. I mean, I'm gazing into my crystal ball here. It only works like 20% of the time. But if you're going to have a whole bunch of new story content and you want to have a new adventure zone and... You know, uh, you've got people at their desks working on bringing new gear into the game. I mean, why not bump the level cap at that point? I don't think we're going to see it before. I think it'll come with or after. Yeah, I mean, and I, th- I think in one of our interviews we got them to say, yes, they're going to be concentrating on content. And that's something that a lot of people want. It's something we got to have. I mean, we need it big time for the Klingon side of things. But, you know, overall, we're just all missing content and stories and other things. And and it it makes it so much more fun to go past the level cap when you have these really cool adventures. But I like the idea of level cap raising. It's great. But, well, here's my thing, though. All the content that they're talking about right now for Season 8 is just added content. It's new missions not contingent upon a level cap. What I'm saying, though, is that why do a level cap when there isn't going to be, like, an expansion, a huge, another sector, or just something big, you know, to go from another 10 levels? Something that was brought up in the chat room just right here, they may be working on different styles of gameplay. Let's not forget that we've had discussions about a territory control game. They're talking about having your boffs fly off on your ships, you know, uh, kind of as maybe an add-on to the doff system, where the ships that you've got in dry dock right now doing nothing, you throw some boffs on there and send them out on missions. I mean, they may be designing these sorts of new types of gameplay styles and not say anything about them because they're still kind of experimenting with it. For a lot of people, the whole Romulan thing is really just getting started, and they've started to release the glimpse into Iconian content, as Sori mentioned. For the people that have been working up in the tiers, you've gotten a chance to see a lot of that storyline. And they definitely, well, they seem to be hitting it pretty hard. I don't think they're going to pull away anytime soon. So I think that's a glimpse into what we'll have as far as real meat to go along with going beyond the level cap. I hope so. I trust that Cryptic will make the level cap something worth attaining, something that 10 levels are going to be worth doing. Things that are not added just for since, since the mission's coming out for anniversary event but that there's 10 levels worth of content for players to do. Maybe we'll hear about that as we draw nearer to the level cap. And I hope. I hope it's about new gameplay. It's about new technology that they add to the game that really pushes us to do those new 10 levels. Speaking of Season 8, we had a bit of a a, a very interesting tease from Season 8, and that's the Retrait token has been moved up to be released with it. That's right, the Retrait token, not just a Respect token. This Retrait token will allow you to change the traits of your actual species. So this is pretty big. This is actually a a big move. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, that's the core of what you first start with when you're putting your character together. And there's a lot of people that say, oh, they like to switch around what they have and do something new Not now that they've had a chance to play strongly with a couple different characters. They'd like to go back and be able to change that without having to create a brand new character. (laughs) Tony, do you feel that you'd be able to benefit from a retrait token? I like my guy. On the retrait token question, that was sort of the guy that held off spending his skill points until I absolutely had to. So I'm pretty happy with my tune as he is. I did the combat log, the advanced combat tracker. I was pretty happy with what, where my numbers came out, so I, I, I think I'm going to keep him as he is. And they fixed leadership. Apparently they fixed the leadership trait, which is a boff and I think a captain power, which all human tunes have. So I'm pretty pleased. Okay. Well, I'm sure those people that have gone through their 50 levels and want to go back, they might find that respecting is going to be for them. They might get a little extra oomph to their step. And with the use of a tool like, for instance, Advanced Combat Tracker, they can really monitor that and carefully test that out. So uh, for those of you who've been eagerly waiting, it's coming out in Season 8. So enjoy your retrade token. All right, what else have we got? There's some news in the Fleet Starbase uh, arena. It seems they're also looking into fleet mergers or alliances to help the resource drain on smaller fleets. And if I remember right, I think uh, Mr. Stahl was asking for feedback on that. So hit the forums. Go tell them what you think about that. Do you want fleets to merge? Uh, how would they do it? Who gets to be in charge? I think yeah. that uh, you know smaller fleets might see that as a valuable way to get to that Tier 4 and Tier 5 that are otherwise pretty unreachable. 
It sounds amazing and so complicated too. I don't know how it would go. I don't know the ups or downs until I see that experiment in action. Yeah, that would take some serious math to try to figure out how to make that work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Season 7, Dev Blog number 29. It covers the Fleet Starbase number 12 called Staffing. Has caused quite a stir on the forums. Yes. In a post by lead content designer Scott Gochark, check off. Upon completing of the special project, your Starbase's interior will gain additional population. Ferocens will appear for Klingons, while members of Starfleet will staff up with exocomps. This special project will be available around 10 a.m. PDT on January 17th until around 10 a.m. PDT on January 31st. The opinion from the community is the cost of this project. It's a pretty cool project, but uh, apparently it's costly. Uh, to complete these projects, the average dilithium cost has been 200k. 200,000. That's a good number of these projects have been for items that are only cosmetic and have absolutely no functionality. I think the community has a right to be a little upset at the return on investment. I personally don't think that 200k is worth it for a cosmetic upgrade, if you want to call it that. So, all right, so here's my thing here. Why aren't star bases more like supergroup bases in, like, for instance, City of Heroes? There's so little ability for upgrade and functionality improvements, and I, I'm almost curious to know why. What is the mechanic holding it back from adding things like separate transwarp gates? You know, in, in City of Heroes and supergroups, you had these teleportation systems that, you know, took you to different parts of the map. And I know that as you tier up, you'll have access to things like that. But do we have to wait until Tier 5 for those types of functionality? And if we're going to stick with cosmetic changes, why not do something like a unique fleet logo on the face of your starbase? You know, 200,000 dilithium seems a little pricey for exocomps and for Alsons to just walk around your starbase. I think we've had plenty of these fun little cosmetic updates like the ships, all the enterprises throughout the course of history. Just, I really would like to see some more functional things added to the fleet starbase, whether it's yeah. a gate, a transwarp gate, a shipyard that looks fun. I don't know. It's just something that 200,000 dilithium feels worth it, that there's a return on investment on that. They designed this system back when dilithium was trading at 180, 200 dilithium per zen. You know, there was a lot, almost too much dilithium floating around. And now with season seven and with all the changes they made and then tweaking the STFs and the uh, fleet actions, the dilithium exchange is down to 80 or 87, something like that. I mean, I think it's just that there's too many different demands for the dilithium right now. Mm -hmm. And a fleet, especially a small fleet, can't justify rallying the troops together to buy some Ferocens. Hey, everyone, we're having some Ferocens over. It's a bit too much for the population thing. I mean, I think I could see like maybe total over the course of like a massive population of your fleet's interior. If you've got like, you know, bit by bit, you've put like maybe 10K to get additional population here and 10K there to get more. Uh, and over time, it, it equals out to some high number. But I think it's too much for just what's being handed at you. Yeah, we, our little fleet passed on the last couple of these. We didn't do the, the mannequins with all the uniforms. We passed on that one, too. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's just it's like neat. Uh, <laughs> we can see what the uniforms were like. That's nice. <laughs> and even that one, that's a little cool. That's a little bit of Trek history. You know, like the ships. I, I, you know, I can dig something like that. I don't know. When push comes to shove, people are going to be coughing up 200,000 dilithium. It should be for something that's certainly worth it. And at this point, functional. You know, we're in the 12th project already, and it should be something that offers a little bit of functionality, something that gives back to you. Mm -hmm. We agree. Yeah. Good soapbox. Nicely done. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, what else have we got in Stow News? Well, right hot off the presses, we've got some release notes over on the STO forums. There's going to be a new patch very late tonight as we're recording it, so it ought to be live by the time people download this show on Monday. There's a lot of changes, a lot of fixes. We're going to highlight just a couple of them. That mission, the new link, the changeling boss is now getting updated with the new fighting combat sequences that were part of the Dominion series. So that'll be, it's a vast improvement. The changeling boss fight style is a lot better in the Dominion series. And I was already impressed with the changeling fight. I'm looking forward to see how they've updated the combat sequence and if it's new animations for the changeling. And that's really cool because it was cool already as it was. And, yeah. you know, you get body slammed by a changeling <laughs> that's 10 feet away from you. I mean, that's super, that was super cool. Yeah. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. you know, I'm looking forward to see what they bring in. What yeah. else no, have we got? 
Absolutely. Well, uh, here's something that'll make the forums happy. Finally, people have been uh, there's been a low level simmer for a while. Let's let's just say the yeah. 700 day <laughs> Android engineering bridge officer now available as a synthetic female. So you can get your Woo-hoo! male Android or your female Android now. And now everyone is happy. Let everyone rejoice. You can also get science and tactical versions now, too. So the, you've got the full range there. Science, tactical engineering, and male or female. If you discharge this Android officer, you can get a replacement at no cost. So uh, if one Android yes. isn't working for you, rebuild it. <laughs> the Stowe Gateway, our wonderful mobile access, has also been updated with some new features. They're trying out the beta sort of system for fleets, so you can access fleet information. Go check that out. Help them work out the bugs on that. And here's a little bit of bad news for everybody that loves their trike mines. The tricobalt mines have had a little bit of nerfing done to them. Your tricobalt mine explosions are going to be reduced by 10% across the board. Sorry, guys. And here's some more bad news, a little insult to injury. They've reduced the variance on them, too, so the, the high hits aren't going to be as high. So even if you get lucky, you're not going to get that huge spike. Damn, there, so. why are they touching that? So, it's hard enough doing mines. Granted, there's a lot of skill to use in mines well. That's very true, yeah. but it just, you know, it's just nuclear. It's just nuclear. Yeah, but I think it's it's worth it because you work so hard to learn how to use them, and then you should be able to do major damage. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. They're still going to hit you pretty hard, but I think that, uh, yeah, yeah, there's going to be some disappointed people out there, I'm sure. There's going to be some rage on that, but Mm -hmm. it's baked in, guys. The tricobalts are nerfed. That was the highlights from the release notes. Uh, There's a whole bunch of bug fixes. Go check it out. All right, and we reported last week that Denise Crosby had been spotted at Cryptic Studios and even took pictures with Brandon. But it seems Brandflix also had the opportunity of conducting a short interview with Miss Crosby. So be sure to head over to the Star Trek Online website to listen to his supplemental audio podcast. Last but certainly not least... I saw the Ambassador class! I saw the Ambassador class! I can Where still... is it? I can still understand you. You're, you're not doing a good enough Batman. <laughs> I saw the Ambassador class! There you go. <laughs> That's right, Batman! The Ambassador-class starship has been spotted as a rendered ship in the game. Priority One has not yet confirmed any further information, but a lot of people are excited about its appearance in-game. More as the story develops. Give me more information about the Ambassador-class! Where is it? Pow! Bam! Whap! Alright, well that wraps up this week in Star Trek Online News. Now, it's time for this episode's Fleet Admiral interview with Barzak of the Trust Fleet. How many people does it take, Admiral? Please notify Starfleet Headquarters. Reporting for duty. Admiral! All right, joining us for this episode's Fleet Admiral interview is Barzak of the Trust Fleet. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening, Barzak. No problem. I've been wanting to get on here for some time now. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to be the fleet leader of the Trust? Well, I'm actually, it comes back to a game I played before. That. This is actually really my second MMO. My original MMO was the Matrix Online. Oh, I man. Just... You and I are best friends right now. I will tell you that <laughs> right now. Recursion night right here. What faction were you in? I was actually a machine. Ah, you were. Zionite here with uh, a group all right, called all right. the Trust, ironically enough, but... Back on topic. I, I do s- remember the trust. I do, in fact, remember the trust. My faction was the Damon Contingency, and our little gimmick I was... I remember that faction. Oh, yep, I was the leader of that faction. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was man, the leader of the nice. trust over in the Matrix Online. I was just one of the members. I started with nice. my own faction, then eventually joined another. Cool. Well, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. You're A-OK in my book. But anyway, I played that game until it was driven into the dirt by SOE. <laughs> Yep, yep, so, and, agreed. And then I waited out for games for a while, then I was one of those folks that as soon as I heard if you get a lifetime per subscription to Champions Online, you get into beta for Star Trek Online. I jumped on it. I played Champions a little bit, but then I really was soon as Star Trek Online beta started, I kind of abandoned Champions, went to beta Star Trek. And then as that grew, I decided to take the name of a of the faction from Matrix Online that I really loved, and... It was just a great family there, and I just wanted to rebuild that here in Star Trek Online. So I took the name and brought it over to Star Trek Online. 
it's surprising how many MXO players have migrated and, and brought that over, that camaraderie, because the community for the Matrix Online was actually, you know, I'm going to venture to say tighter than the community in Star Trek Online. I would agree. Maybe it was because it was a smaller community, I'm not sure, but it's good to see that spirit continues on even in other MMOs like Star Trek. The spirit that you had there in Matrix Online was just phenomenal. I think part of it is how they kind of ran that game a little bit, too, at least prior to the SOE where they actually had the opportunity of running around and actually running into some of the main people. Now tell us about your fleet. What's your prime directive? Are you RP? Is it laid back? Is it PvP oriented? We are a roleplay fleet. We try to roleplay Star Trek as much as we can. We roleplay our own little events. Try to roleplay some of the PvE content when we can. And anything we can try roleplay, we try to roleplay. Awesome, awesome. So is it based on forums or is it all in game? It's a mix of the two. We have some stories that come up on our forums, and also we use the forums for a place where people can post their captain's logs. And in-game, we try to interact in-game. We've had a few on-the-starship bridge type of RPs. We've had several diplomatic RP. Nice. Very nice. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the structure of your fleet? Like, for instance, officers, resource management, you know, how you handle the STFs or PvP groups, or, like, for instance, the RP. Well, we try to spread out the, or at least RP-wise, that anybody can really start an event. That's just how we want to roll. We, anybody starts an event. A hierarchy, we actually have myself as the fleet admiral. I have, like, actually about six different senior officers. And then we have our veterans who have been in the game a long time and earned, like, a veteran status. Then we have the regular officers. Then we actually have a alternate group. Then we have our cadets. And the way we RP is that you can RP any rank you want as long as it is below the Admiral rank. You can RP up to Captain if you want to RP the Junior Grade Lieutenant, you can. If you want to RP a Civilian, you can. As long as, it, in a sense, it makes sense down the line. So with RP, sometimes there can be a lot of emotion involved and people invest a lot of their own creativity and a bit of their own personality do you find that that self-sustains fleet morale, or do you, you know, you host events, frequent events, and frequent contests or competitions? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing we uh, have a little thing we have we have going on. What we call our arc events. It's kind of the right now, like the fleet leaders are trying to like progress an ongoing story, like at least something that every two weeks we have a little progression in the story. So, and that seems to bring back some interest, and we also, we have small little other RPs going around that just might happen at any time, you never know when it's going to happen. So, unfortunately, not everybody's on that kind of, can be here for every bit of it kind of schedule. So, sometimes the schedule events that we try to do for everybody is the better option for them. But, in a sense, we've been like every other fleet, we've seen low periods and we've seen high periods. It's, it really comes down to how much they're willing to put in, and and how much anyone else is willing to really work with everybody else to have fun and role playing in Star Trek. Nice. And now, tell us a little bit about your members, I guess, outside of the game. We want to understand who the real people are behind your members. Are they all over the world? Are they young, old? i say we have a, a really good mix. I know I have several members who are in the United States in all different time zones. I know a lot of them have families. A lot of them have kids that are running around that could be watching their screens. I know we've had several people who are in Great Britain, some in France, some in Germany, I think, and some people who are in China and Japan, Asia areas. We're just, we're crazy all over the world. So you always have a presence in the game. We try. Now, what's your leadership style? Are you do you find yourself to be a, a Jericho or a Picard, a Cisco? Well, RP wise, I would think he's really private, like Picard was throughout most of. TNG, you didn't really see him go out of his private zone to really that last episode of Next Generation. But um, leadership style, though, outside of that, very laid back. I try to keep things going. I'm also really trying to have some of my officers help out in ways they can. If they're in an officer position, they are really expected to do some of the helping out, because I can't do everything. All right, and now talk to us a little bit about the fleet website. You mentioned you had forums. Other than for the RP, is that your primary source for communication? Do you guys send out newsletters or emails? Right now, it would probably be the forums, and love to do try and do things like a newsletter, but I think the forums is the best thing. Not everybody can just access anytime they want. In the real, I'm actually a website developer, so I know a little bit of things about making websites. Our website is through Shifter. 
which is a great resource I will recommend to any fleet out there looking for a website. It's just a great service that's free. S-H-I-V-T-R dot com. Ours, we post pictures, announcements. We actually try to track some of our fleet projects on it if we can when we're at the big ones. I try to post like a video trailer of like what the current arc is on our website and just things of that nature. Try to use the website calendar a bit more than the in-game calendar because the in-game calendar can be kind of confusing. Okay, so now let's get to how people can become a member of your fleet. What do they have to go through? Right, well, I'll be honest. Some people are just not big fans of how we bring people in. We're not one of those that will take someone and say, hey, I want to join your fleet and immediately throw him an invite. We have a little procedure we like for them to go through. And right now it's just you go to start that procedure anyway. You will go to our website, which is stotrust.shifter.com. And then up in the upper right, there should be a little link that says apply. You'll run through a little bit of a application that also lists our code of conduct and everything. If you agree to that and give us the information we need, we'll try and schedule an in-game interview. And if you pass the interview, you will join the trust. Very cool, man. Very cool. And do you find a lot of people dig that and go through it, or have you had people go, ah? I've had at least one person that's responded to me when I said that. Dude, it's a game. I shouldn't have to do paperwork for it. And going, well, the we- reason why we do that because we want to find people, people who are willing to do that turn out to be quality players and just people who are willing to, hey, I'm interested enough to go through this and to work with them by doing this little application and going through the interview, particularly for an RP aspect. In real world, you wouldn't join an organization without being interviewed first. So it's the same with role-play in a fleet setting inside Star Trek Online. If you're going to want to join our fleet, we're going to want to know why you want to join our fleet. And not just, oh, because it's you're the coolest fleet in the block. It's going to no, we want to know what you're going to bring to us, how you're going to work with us and through your character and through your out-of-character. And that's understandable. you got to have people that are dedicated from the beginning, and I can see where that's coming from. Now, um, one of the reasons that we brought you on the show was also because the day that this podcast is published, you actually had a guest blog article come out on Star Trek Online. Can you talk to us a little bit about that guest blog? What is it about? Mm-hmm. The guest blog is kind of just a introduction to role play. We know there's probably really a thriving role play community in Star Trek Online. You just don't see it very much. We believe role players, people who probably avoid the forums due to how hard it is to be out in the public nowadays. You can't really role-play in the public in Star Trek Online anymore without being disrupted or griefed, as people would call it. So basically the idea is we're trying to spotlight that there is role-play in this game and that we want people to know it's here because you really can't see it in the public at this point. Now with that, I'm scheduling a, in the beginning of February, RP Roundtable, which is a chance to sit down with Brandflakes in-game and throw ideas at him from the role-play community. Like what items that role players would like to see to better the experience of role play in the game. Now, this is an event that people. Sorry, do they need to sign up for it or? Uh, no, we'll be in a public area. It's going to be the first Saturday of February, and we're going to have two sessions. We'll be at Ryza. There will be a 11 a.m. PST session. That's 8 p.m. Central Time, and and the second one is at 5 p.m. PST, which would be 8 p.m. EST. And then we'll just, like I said, we'll be taking questions and ideas for Brandflakes to take back to developers to what role players would like to see in Star Trek Online. Very awesome. Very awesome. That's really exciting. Well, congratulations on the guest blog and, and on this event. Hopefully you'll get a really nice turnout. We'll they'll listen to it here. And where can they get more information on it? The start will be the blog itself when it comes out Monday. Basically, I think where we're, our intention is we are going to create a in-game channel for it. Because we know, obviously, if we get the turnout we want, we're not going to be able to fit everybody into one instance of Ryza. Right. So more details on that is to come, and we'll be probably posting those on the, on the forum. All right, cool. Well, I mean, now it's, it's time for shout-outs. Do you have anybody you want to give a shout-out to? Uh, the props and the trust. I, I love you guys. You guys are one of the best reasons I still play Star Trek, and it's just so enjoyable to hang out with you guys every night. And just um, I, there's people, other people out in the community I can't really think of right now, but Star Trek Online, I just I love playing Star Trek Online, and just anybody who's willing to role play with Starfleet is just awesome. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for all your hard work that you've put now with the blog. I'm sure a number of people are going to thoroughly enjoy it, and we look forward to it. Thank you again for stopping by here at Priority One Podcast, and we hope to see you in game. Oh yes, thank you. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. We got some great feedback from Stow Forum. 
Brandon Branflake says, congratulations on your interview with Tim. It was really fun to listen to, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in Renegades. Ooh, I'm excited about Renegades, too. Arcade Master says, I love you guys. I had no idea there was a Stowe plugin for ACT. I was still using the old clumsy Java parser. Thanks a ton for bringing this to my attention. And uh, thank you, Arcade Master. And thank you, Brandon. Our next one comes from Don't Drunk, I'm Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best ever. That's a great name. It says, good show. Interview was cool. The Trek project he's going to work on sounds cool. And Ye Hilbert Guide and the Act Parser are great resources and tools. Yeah, and thank you, you guys, for putting that together because uh, I really like that. And uh, I'm glad everybody liked it, too. We've got Azurian Star coming in. Like the interview with Tim Russ, though surprised you didn't ask him about Stowe. And the Hilbert Guide, while it's a good source of info, bothers me. Has Stowe become so DPS-focused? Also, doesn't this program violate the agreement not to use third-party programs? We did check in with Brandon on this, or whomever is in charge of the at Trek Online Games, which I'm almost positive is Brandon. And it does not directly violate the terms and conditions. So they don't say no to it, but they don't say yes to it, if that makes sense. So use at your own risk. How about that? Your computer probably won't explode. Probably. Yeah, your computer won't explode, and they're not going to kick you off for using Advanced Combat Tracker. It doesn't manipulate the game in any way. It, be, it helps you read a log that is already created by the game, so you shouldn't have an issue with it. But again, use at your own risk. We had one from Reven, and uh, unfortunately I'm not going to read it on the air, but I want you to know that we saw it, and we smiled. So kudos. That was <laughs> an epic feedback. Electo, congrats on the interview. Uh, it's really great to hear about what Tim's been up to and, in general, find out a little more about him. I'm very much looking forward to the project he's working on. I loved what they did with Star Trek of Gods and Men. So thanks for another great show. Also, congrats to Adrienne. Great news. Yes, congratulations. For those of you that don't know, Adrienne got Thank engaged you. over the winter break. Woo, congrats. I did. It was the best. <laughs> Well, we got some more feedback from PriorityOnePodcast.com. Sean Newboy says, best show ever. I really like the new field notes. Keep it up. Thank you, Sean Newboy. And Yursk says, good show, guys. Grats to Adriana. And also thank you, Tim Russ, for taking the time for the interview. Hippie John says, great show. First off, congratulations to Adriana and Jesse. Thanks for the interview with Tim Russ. That was awesome. And the field notes section is a great addition. But why do you have to go to rename the blank of the week? Seriously. If there's one criticism, it's that Elijah sounded uncomfortable announcing it and the intro sounded weird. And Sori is a great guest host. Let's see here. Yeah, Elijah sounded uncomfortable. I don't know about that. I didn't notice it, but maybe he, it was because he was doing something, you know, that we couldn't see behind the scenes while he was time? announcing it. I don't know. I don't know. Were you? No, I don't. Re I don't recall being uncomfortable announcing. I I'm glad that we changed it to check it out. Yeah. Maybe you were going through your I combat mean, parser log. Yeah. I might have been. I might have been. And realizing I can't shoot fish in a barrel. Oh. Yeah, you can't. T no, no texting and driving. I mean, texting and uh, and uh, podcasting. Combat parsing. <laughs> yeah, no, no combat parsing and podcasting. Combat <laughs> yeah. Yes. And thank you, everybody who retweeted on Twitter. Our latest follower is at Ovid the Meek. So thank you. And we look forward to having more interactions with you online. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. I really want to thank everybody that gave such great feedback on the new Field Notes segment. I'm so happy that you all enjoyed it. We're dying to put out more and more Field Notes. We're looking at hopefully doing at least twice a month to help really improve your gameplay with Star Trek Online. A great special thanks to the Advanced Technologies Division of Priority One Podcast. The team that's been put together, they are 100% dedicated. They're, they're educated. They know their game. And it's a real pleasure working with them. And I can't wait to just give you guys more tools to help you game better. In the meantime, please keep your feedback coming to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. If there's a topic that you want covered, something you want to learn about, by all means, let us know. Well, that wraps up episode 111, broadcasted live from TrekRadio.net. Remember that we are on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, and we've been getting some amazing feedback. We play much better to a live audience, so be sure to join us on TrekRadio.net and join us on their RRC chat channel. Very easy, and it's free. Yeah, yeah. We are looking for your suggestions and ideas for our Trek It Out segment and our field notes and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions with our online form on the Priority One website 
or via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can also reach us through Facebook or Twitter. We're on Facebook. Head over to www.facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast and say hi. Or check us out on Twitter via at StowPriorityOne for showtimes and other cool stuff. That's right. Uh, you know, we would love to see you on all of these channels, not just during our live show on chat and, and in game, but, you know, you guys really bring smiles to our faces. And please feel free to, to contact us online anytime and in person at conventions and what have yous, because it's all family. We love you. How can they so, show their appreciation to um, us, Adrian? <laughs> well, aside from saying hellos, which is like the most important <laughs> thing, and, and sending us your input and all, head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and click the Donate button. Or if you're an Amazon shopper, you can take a look at our Amazon affiliate store on the sidebar of the website and support the show while you shop. We do get a little bit of a coinage per purchase that you make when you use our affiliate store. So if there's something you like, you would want to get, get it through us and we'll get a little bit of coinage and we can throw that to the website costs, which would be rad. Thank you to everybody who's donated via the button already and those who were shopping through our Amazon affiliate store. Thank you so much. And to everybody who listens to us every week, thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. We could not do this without you. This this is all for you. It's true. Mwah. We would like to thank Fleet Admiral Varzek of the Trust Fleet for joining us this episode. We'd like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Our executive producer, Elliot Tan. Our production assistant and art director, Alex Calderwood. Our audio engineer, Lennon Rich. And the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thank you, Tony, for filling in for James this week, our video director and guest host for this episode. A special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Trek Radio crew. And, of course, the Stowe community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Red Alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. So what do we have uh, this week? Eli- uh, did I just call you oh, Elijah? Did oh, I really just read out Elijah? You wow. You, you got mad at me for calling you Elliot. Adrian should kill you. I, know. I just called you me, which was really – because I totally <laughs> just hilarious. read. I just read, and my brain totally just farted. That's funny. All right. So what do we oh. – <laughs> At least we're showing up the blooper reel early. <laughs> I love I – love, I love that you're speechless. I love you're like completely. Hi, Elijah. I'm Elijah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, I won't forget because you told me don't forget. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> there it was. See, I stayed quiet that time and let you do that. See, I'm learning this radio thing. It's really great. Know your meme or meme. Meme. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Meme. Meme. Cat and we want pictures. We want pictures oh, of yeah, you in costume. Of pictures. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm going to tweet. I'm going to pick and tweet. Pick, wait. Oh, fantastic. Picks, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to tweet pick. Is that I'm going to tweet tweak? pick my face tweak. off. Twick? Twick? I'm going to twick. Yeah. Tweak? No. All right. Kind of. No. On Wednesday, January 18th, our latest episode of Trek It Out was released. So head on over. Find out hey, what Elijah. it takes to Hey, Elijah. Hey, Elijah. Can I stop you? Uh, you have Wednesday... January 18th. Is today the 17th? Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Oh, smack. So Rookie's catching on. Lucy, you have some planning to do. Yo, just because I'm Cuban B? I mean, seriously. Yeah, and you know with your with your Cuban Cuban beat thing going on there, I have to play the role of Lucy now and go, Elijah, 
That was like a Lucy Darsluga (laughs) combo there. Yeah. I I used too much chin. I'm I've got a red haired Ferengi in my brain now, and it's just, it's not working for me. I just, I don't, this is not working. That was like a a Ricky Job of the Hut right there. Ricky Ricardo walking in, hanging his batleth on the wall. Yeah, that's, this is a little yeah. guy for me. You have some explaining to do. <laughs> oh, milk. Ah. <laughs> We've just redefined television right here, right now, just tonight. That was great. Okay, I guess I should get back to this show. Here, I've got this thing that says Tony. I guess I need to read that. Okay. Uh, I guess so. <clears throat> Ahem. All right, guys. Well, that wraps it up. Uh, thank you for joining us this uh, this episode. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, exit us out with the Priority One theme. I hope Exodus? you guys have a... Did you say Exodus? Exodus. Exodus <laughs> out. We'll see you guys next Thursday. Kapla, everyone. Actually, I said that quite Kapla. quite American. Kapla, everyone. You did. You t- Kapla. Hey, Kapla, everyone. Kapla, people. Kapla, everyone. <laughs> like, Kapla. Don't forget. Kapla! Come on, a mighty Kapla! I did, I That's what Kapla yes. sounds like if you're wearing a polo shirt. Yes. I want right. my peanuts. So, everybody's, uh, audacity. Yeah, everybody's audacity is oh, going, right? Dang yeah. it, okay. they spilled. Alright, her peanuts spilled. I'm just gonna leave it at that. So, yeah. this is feedback for episode I opened my bag and they spilled um, everywhere. In God. three... Dang it, peanuts, stop. Are you ready? Do you have your no. peanuts in control? No. Please, everyone, welcome our guest host, Adrian's bag of peanuts. Mm. Nom nom nom. Are are your peanuts back in their bag? They're in my mouth. Oh, what? we are not at the be ten dirty? o'clock mark yet. We are not my mom's at the 10 in, wait. Mark never yet. mind. All right, ready? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, feedback in three, and you start off unless you're too mm. busy eating peanuts. No, I'm never too busy. <laughs> All right, so I'm pe- ready. So peanuts, peanuts, and th- I'm sorry, <laughs> feedback in three, in three, two, two we one. got some great feedback. Ah, one, fine. Sorry. You know, All you right, never three. say one, and the All one right. time that you say one, it's over. Right, <laughs> it's over. Before okay, right. Feed- feedback in three, two, one. Mm, see, now I put another peanut in my mouth because I was like, now he's got to do three, two, one again, so I have time to eat a peanut. Dang it, <laughs> not gonna finish the peanut. Well, we've established <laughs> right. firmly that it takes at least five seconds to eat a peanut. Sori is a great guest host. Uh, and excuse me, let me. I need to reread that. I need to reread that. Sori yeah, you do. is a great guest host. I mean, all caps. So yeah, you know, yeah. Sori, I I, I walk I walk in the path that you laid before me. I'm trying to keep <laughs> up with Sori. This is what I'm trying to do. Oh, you're doing a great job too. Great. Oh, gee, you are indeed. Says. Man, you oh, gee, are. thanks. Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger said, "Great." Oh my gosh, Tony. The Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just walked right into that, didn't I? Adrian, you're up. I am. Okay. We just wanted to thank everybody who. Um, oh, let me try that. <clears throat> ah, peanut. <laughs> we like to thank everybody who. <laughs> we like to thank everybody who's to. Uh, Dork, Dirk. <laughs> we love you all. Do the Bart Man. Yeah. Man, I used to love that song. Come on, everybody. Do the Bart Man. Yeah.